welcome to another episode of African Couch Potato, the mashup, the podcast that talks about all things film and television in South Africa and the greater continent. We are proudly South African, we're even bigger as Africans, and this is where we highlight things that are worth watching that have been produced in our own country. We have three segments. The first one is the top five titles to watch. This is going to be on any of the streaming platforms. Think Netflix, Showmax, SABC+, Disney+, Prime Video. After that, we jump into a review. So that's going to be a bit lengthier where we do a review of a recent film or television series. Then from the new stuff, we go straight back into the past where we look at stuff that is worth re-watching. And that we have called the Golden Oldie. So my top five from Showmax, the first one is Rosemary's Hit List, which is about Rosemary Nrovu, who killed six family members, including her child and her partner, so that she can get payouts from life insurance houses. Broadcasters have got this irritating thing of releasing one episode a week, especially if they know that something is going to gain traction. They obviously do that so that they can retain their viewers. They know that if they give you everything at once, you're going to binge on it and then they might lose you to another streaming platform or broadcaster. The nice thing about Rosemary, though, is that it's a four-part docuseries and now all of the parts are out. So you can go to Showmax and you can watch all of them back to back instead of how we painfully watch them every Wednesday when they were being dropped. The second one is Stein Heist. So Stein Heist obviously is a play on Steinhoff and how it was the biggest corporate scandal in the country. That's where the heist part comes in. And it looks at Marcus Euster and how he basically got a bit too greedy, too ambitious. And then towards the end, he just basically rocked the whole country in scandal by getting a large number of people to invest in things. Some of them didn't really exist. Others did exist, but their numbers were inflated. What you're seeing with this kind of documentary, which is a style that is inspired by Netflix, is people unpacking current affairs in a way that people can understand. So it's not like if you don't have any money, you're going to have no value in watching this. It's just basically how the man became a monster. And they also do it through a couple of episodes. The third one, third recommendation, is The Woman King with Viola Davis and Tuson Petu. So this fulfills my criteria when I say pro-black, pro-localist lekka, everything is partly South African because Tuson Petu is South African and she's our golden girl at the moment because Charlize Theron doesn't visit us enough times, to be honest. And Elon Musk is far, far gone. He's a gone boy. He is not coming back. I think he even denounced his SA citizenship to choose Canada and the US. And then you have Viola Davis, and Viola Davis was everybody's favorite when she was in How to Get Away with Murder. So everything she does or features in is almost an instant hit, and you have them side by side. So that's really a nice one. And also because we're in an era where we have to highlight women who are doing amazing things, the title on its own, Woman King, was the biggest draw card for me, and that's why I went to watch it, and I was not disappointed, and I recommend you guys watch it. Fourth recommendation is Tali's Wedding Diary. So Tali has got a number of diary. Tali is a made-up name. It's a character. And it's basically this girl who leaves Johannesburg to go to Cape Town to live the soft life. And then things get a bit hard. And then she comes back. Through all of that, she 
has known the love of her life, but the love of the life finally proposes to her. They get married, they have a baby. So you have Tali's wedding diary, you have Tali's baby diary, and there's a third one, and you can watch all three of them on Showmax. And then my last recommendation, which goes a bit against what we stand for, is called Succession. Now, in Succession, there are virtually no black people, from the cast to the creators, the producers, it is all white. But the story there is so strong that it is an exception. What happens in Succession is that you see this media mogul who's got three kids. One of them has to take over, and in essence, they have to become a successor. And you have four seasons of sibling rivalry to see who is ultimately going to take the throne, if any of them at all. And I think from story alone, it deserves to let us bend the rules a little bit. Up next, we're going to be reviewing Survival of the Thickest, which is a new series on Netflix. All right, Survival of the Thickest is the series that is under review today. It is a comedy series that's created and written by comedian and actress Michelle Buteau. She also stars in it, so it gives the same vibes as Insecure did with Issa Rae. Mavis, who is the main character, goes through a breakup after she finds a boyfriend cheating on her. After moving out, she needs to get a job and basically rebuild her life. She finally gets a styling gig with an insecure rich mama who is the most irritating assistant in the world who literally repeats everything that she says. There is a corset, there is a funeral, there is a smeg fridge, there is a couch. There is a lot that's happening. But ultimately, what keeps you hooked is that the episodes are short. So the episodes are less than 30 minutes, which in these days is refreshing because Episodes on your Netflixes, on your show max have become longer and longer and longer. It's very normal to find an episode that is 45 or 55 minutes long. So now when we go back to what used to almost be traditional TV where an episode was 24 minutes to 26 minutes, it becomes an easy watch, relatively easier than anything else that would be available at the time. So you don't feel like you're committing too much to it and you end up finishing the whole series in a single sitting. Does this have the best storyline? No. Does it need to? Not necessarily. All it is is the day in the life of the average 38-year-old woman as she juggles sex, hookups, relationships, her job, and what she really wants for herself. There is an Italian man. There is an ex who's trying to come back. There is a lot that's happening, but the sense that you get from it is you are this girl's best friend and you are privy to everything that happens in her life. And because of that, I'm giving it a 7 out of 10, and it's streaming currently on Netflix. Rounding up this podcast, Kolushi is definitely and always will be part of my top 10. I did mention in the other podcast that my favorite South African movie of all time is Catch a Fire. Kalushi comes pretty close. In fact, I think it might be a number two, and up next, I'll be telling you why. So Kalushi makes it to our golden oldies because it is a film that I felt had all of the right elements. Before I get into it, just a bit of a background into Kalushi. So Kalushi is a 2016 film and it is the story of Solomon Matlangu. Tabo Rametsi leads an amazing ensemble of actors that include Tabo Malema, my favorite South African actor, Jafta Mamabolo, Paul Tusi, Weli Lenzoza and Mwile Mlala. The tables are phenomenal, both of them. But Rameti is insanely compelling as Solomon Matlangu, and Jafta is also mesmerizingly good. 
At the height of apartheid, Solomon Mahlangu, nicknamed Kalushi, bands together with his peers to lead a revolution against the then government. The film starts with Kalushi's court hearing. There is a hauntingly beautiful heartbeat underlying that court scene that speaks to just how nervous he is as he presents his version of events. This is before his narration kicks in. Now, I'm usually not a fan of movies that are told in the first person. I find it a bit irritating. I feel like they remove your story, especially if you look at your thriller series such as You. So You was big. It was this guy who stalks his girlfriend, kills some of them, and it was like a bit of a thing. All girls I knew were watching the series called You. And I couldn't get into it because as this guy is about to kill someone, he basically gives us a monologue of what he's going to do to that person when and at what time. And I feel like that kind of jolts you out of whatever mood was set and then you have to go back into it. So I feel like it's a bit, um, it's not so nice for me. They do it here, but it's not as irritating as it is in the example that I made of you. And the reason it's not as irritating is because they show you the courtroom first. So you know that this person is giving an account of what happened. So everything that you're seeing is simply to support that. And it's almost as if his voice fades off before they let the rest of the scene unfold or transport you back into time. It is beautifully shot. I'm going to try not speak about grading too much because that might be getting a bit too technical, but that just means it looks very, very nice when you watch it. Wardrobe and makeup is amazing. Why I like these kind of films that are set in olden day or in past times is because it takes a lot to source the cars of the time, to source the ties that they were wearing, the shoes, the shirts, the suits, the suitcases, the briefcases, the wigs that the judges would wear, to find a building and make it look as if it's still 1976, you know? So quite a lot of work went into that and for them to be able to block off streets so that all the cars you see during a car chase are cars of yesteryear. I remember watching this at the cinema when it came out and I think we all stood up and clapped when it was done. We were just kind of in awe of how brilliant it was. And I think it's just from seeing the Solomon Mahlangu character in his dog telling the story. He's not moving. It's not a, an action film. There's quite a bit of action in it, but it's not like Marvel or anything. But just how somebody can own a character so completely that you start believing that they are that person reincarnate. And I think that it gave all of us goosebumps. And I think from that alone, that's why it will always be like a very prized or highly praised movie in my opinion you can stream it on netflix it's also on prime video if you do find a film that is not readily accessible on a legitimate platform please let me know where you found it so that i can share with the listeners moving forward so that they can watch it legally as opposed to us downloading stuff and pirating all sorts of nonsense because that would go against moving the industry forward and with that, it brings us to the end of another episode of the African Couch Potato, the mashup. Now, at some point, you might hear me referring to it as just African Potato. And how that came about is, well, basically, one, I am an African. Thank you, Tawambeki. And secondly, it's because I watch a lot of TV. And that's where the Couch Potato reference comes from. But then my producer and sound engineer told me that African Potato, as a title for a podcast, sounds like a cooking show, which means that I'd be undoing all of this work. So then we settled with African Couch Potato, the mashup. 
please don't forget to help me share it on all of your favorite podcast platforms. You can like it. You can follow. If you follow, it will let you know when a new episode comes out. And you can also change your settings to auto download, which means that instead of your phone just letting you know that there's a new episode, it will automatically download it for you so that when you have load shedding or you're driving to work, you don't have to miss out on the stuff that I have shared. Bye for now.